From Yarm to Yibby, Harrington to Horsley Hill, Swalwell to Silverlink, the Northeast Footy Breakfast with Roy, Steve, and Ted. Right across the Northeast, the red, the tune, and the cat. Good morning. It is the Northeast Footy Brecky. Good morning, Steve. Good morning, Daz. Uh, nice to see somebody's turned in, anyway. <laughs> uh, yes, we've got no rye this morning, uh, and we've, we're trying to find Ted. This is the thing, right? He's in the UK somewhere, right? He's here yeah. in the UK, and we still can't get him on. He's easier to get on when he's, when he's abroad, when he's at home in Cyprus, isn't he? It's a new feature for the show. It's a bit like, do you remember the big breakfast when they had Mark Lamar on? It used to be, where are you, Mark? It's, where are you, Ted? And if you'd heard some of the stuff we've heard off air, um, a couple of expletives followed by him sounding as if he'd taken a few helium balloons in. Uh, I don't advise anybody to do that at home, by the way, uh, just in case Dave goes mad when he's listening to the show. But yeah, he, he, it sounded like, it was like... <laughs> it was brilliant. It would have been, it would have made great radio. You wouldn't have understood the word he was saying, but... About That's the, not unusual, yeah, is it? I was going to say about the same as always, isn't it? <laughs> uh, Steve, we've, we've got a special guest with us this morning, though. Um, well, I'm glad. I'm glad. That, I'm glad that I booked this in um, <laughs> right this morning because Chris Chris Nicholas is a good pal of mine. Uh, we've known each other many years. He's of the red and white persuasion. But um, yeah, he was at uh, the Sunderland Ladai Premier last night, so um, invited him on this morning to have a chat about that. He's got to get off to work soon, so I'm delighted we've at least managed to get somebody in from a Sunderland persuasion this morning. Chris, good morning. How are you doing? Uh, morning, I'm, I'm very good, yeah, a bit tired, uh, had a late night last night, which is not normally me, like I'm normally in bed about half past nine, so staying up past that time was a bit of a struggle, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm feeling good, and uh, the show's out today, like uh, eight o'clock, eight o'clock this morning, uh, the new season comes out, so kind of excited for that. Great stuff, mate. Well, thanks for coming on. Um, I mean, first of all, you know, Sunderland and Ladai, for us personally as a, new, as a Newcastle fan, and me and you've had a bit of banter about this. I've had a bit of banter with Ted as well. I mean, it, it has been it has been great viewing, um, only because of the, the, the trauma that we've seen you lads being put through. But, but I've got to be honest, as a documentary, I much prefer the way that this has been done as opposed to the way Newcastle's was done. Newcastle's really focused uh-huh. on the business and didn't really focus on anything else. What I loved about the Sunderland one is you can feel the passion, you can feel the love for the football club, and 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 it did take you inside some fairly you know some fairly dark days, but also took you through some 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 really interesting stuff behind the scenes, more more football uh, and more boardroom stuff um, with with a bit of with a bit of bite for me. So is the is this latest series following in the same vein from what you saw last night? Um, it is, mate. There was as well as the screening last night. They did a, they did a um, question and answer session with Leo Perlman, who, who was like the main man at uh, Fullwell Seventy Three, and, and a couple of other producers, Ben and David. And they talked about how the, when when they were first setting up the 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 pitch to Sunderland and and the other like companies that would that would fund it and everything else. Um, they, they didn't want like uh, they wanted to be like right inside. And they wanted to do um, to do as much about the fans um, as the as the football and the club. Um, so it was uh, that's that's how it came about. That it, was, it came out the way that it was. Um, so that's why it was so interesting. They did manage to get um, uh, right inside right inside the club. And, and Leo Perlman actually said that the reason that Ella Short, who was the owner at the time, 
let them let them let them have so much um, access was that Leo Perlman etc. And this is a way you can sell the club because <laughs> he said that we're, we're, we'll get relegated this season in the first season back in the championship. It's going to be like. Um, all singing, all dancing, straight back up in the Premier League, and it, it, obviously it didn't quite work out that way. <laughs> but he did sell a club, like so. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I, you know, I saw the local news last night. ITV were down there, Tainties and uh, news, and I mean, it looked fantastic. Where where was the event held? Uh, it was at the fire station in Sunderland, um, which is like an awesome venue. Um, it, it's such a good place uh, to to go to watch music and films and things like that. Like so, I that's where it was. Just next to the Empire, if, you, if you've not been through yet. Yeah, yeah, no, I've been through. I, I actually went in, I spoke about this uh, in the summer, I went through Incommunicado to, to see the, the play that was done about Sunderland. Um, I, that was quite daunting for me, I've got to be honest. I, was, I wasn't I was quite disguised. Uh, but <laughs> sitting amongst sitting amongst 1,200 Sunderland fans as those stood up and sang, we're here, we're here at Newcastle and all that was, uh, was a bit daunting. But I went through to support Jane McKenzie. Yeah. Not one person spotted us. No, I, 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 listen, I went my coat, I had my hat on, and um, I sat there in the middle of all the Sunderland fans, and I, I really, really, it was so, it was so funny. And, and I just, I, I've got to be honest, I told me mate to leave the engine running when we went out because I thought there's got to be one person who sees who I am. But I thoroughly enjoyed it. it was Jane McKenzie played one of the lead roles in that play, and she was, she was absolutely was. brilliant. But um, I learned a bit about Sunderland. I learned a bit about the history of Sunderland from that. Anyway, I, I mean, I guess there would have been a few celebs there last night. Was there, was there anybody? Was there anybody? From from the the current setup, um, of the club, yeah, uh, yeah, there was a few players there. Like they were up on this, they were up on the side. I think uh, Patrick Roberts, from from what I remember, Patrick Roberts, Jack Clark, uh, Anthony Patterson. Um, who else was there? Luke O'Nine, actually. Ah, oh, Luke O'Nine, um, captain. Um, he he was part of the the second question and answer. They did one before and one after. And he was on stage with with Ben and and David, the two producers, and uh, a lady who was in the show, uh, and he spoke really well about the club and his like connection to the club and the fans and everything else and his time at the club. He was really honest about how like there's been good times and bad times for for him personally. Um, but everything he said, like the the way he spoke, you can tell why he's such like a big figure at the club. He he was really like. Sort of eloquent. It would be the would be the way I describe it. Like, but I uh, was a really good, really good lad. Like, and is there any plans for another series? I guess the the one thing Sunderland fans probably want is a, a series where there's a, a slightly happier ending. Yeah, well, this one actually ends when we got promoted from from League Brilliant. One. Um, that that's the end of it. Um, so the 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 producers had said, like Leo Perlman had said last night, um, that it, that this was the end. So they, they haven't got any plans to make another another series but I guess if some success comes I guess if we go up to the Premier League or whatever they might they might sniff around again like but at the minute there's no plans to do anymore so this one last night um it finished on it finished on a high and quite an emotional I put I'm not put any spoilers in because obviously everybody mm. knows that we that we got promoted but there's other stuff in there that's that's really like last night like you would hear a pin drop at one point like it was it's a very emotional ending um and possibly not in the way a lot of people are expecting so it's it's really worth the watch like um so at the minute this is this is it like um they only showed the last episode actually where i, I wasn't in it <laughs> oh, <laughs> so, never. Uh, we, we, we feature in the first two episodes there uh, the producers were saying like so 
so it's all good. Like I'll, I'll I, I mean, I've seen I've seen the trailer, and I've got to be honest. I mean, I don't I don't know any of the people in it other than like obviously you. You, you know, you're in this particular episode. Uh-huh. I, I recognise some faces, but when you say it's going to end in a particular way, I haven't seen the trailer. I can imagine uh-huh. what it is, and I, and I, you know, again, we don't want any spoilers, and I haven't seen it, and I will watch it, but uh-huh. um, I have a feeling I know what's coming. But um, yeah, uh-huh. look, it's yeah. Uh, well, I think it's so well put together. I mean, I, I love the lads at Full Well seventy three. I, I, again, like uh-huh. I've worked with them. I did meet the governors a film uh, many years ago it was probably one of the funniest castings i ever went to because i got this from the agent uh-huh. yeah the, the one you to go and uh, go down to to london this is the studio and i went full well 73 i said that's got to be <laughs> that's got to be something this was before before they really took off so i went all the way down yeah. to london i walk into this what can only be described as a shrine to sunderland football club with <laughs> seats from roca park and red and white scarves everywhere tops all over the place photos of kevin phillips scoring against newcastle and i was like this I, have i died and gone to hell here and and and, and, and and as I walked, get out straight away. No, no, no. And all I got, all I got from Ben, um, and it was, um, we thought it was you. And I was like, you, well, obviously they see me CV and that, you know, they know, they know, they know me IMDb, and but yeah, they got us in, and um, I, you know, I got the yeah. part. Fair play to them. They didn't put, nice they one. didn't put football ahead of it, but it was. They're a yeah. great bunch of people. They're great to work with, and of course they've done, they've done, you know, Sun Letting I Die, but they did I Am Bolt, which is, which was huge. They've yeah, done, they've, they've done, done so many stuff. great documentaries, and that you know, and hopefully, I mean, that they are planning on setting up in the northeast. That their plan is to do a big film studio in Sunderland, which you know, it doesn't matter where it is in the northeast. Anything that's going to improve yeah. you know, the acting side of things for me is 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 a must. They showed it. They showed it um, I don't know if it's I don't know if it's out publicly, but last night it's called the Crown Works. That's their that's their, um, what it's going to be called, or that's their their name Brilliant. for it at the minute and they showed like a, a trailer for us and it, it was a good like five minutes long this this pitch i guess it's what they're, they're pitching to the government for funding and other people are funded yeah. but it's very much like even though it's set in sunderland there's a lot of footage from like around the northeast like there's footage from like uh, like the, the bridges on over the tyne and like it, it's very much a northeast thing um, and yeah. even though it's centered in sunderland and, and it, it looks amazing if it, if it comes off i mean for Sunderland and for, for the North East, I guess particularly you, like in, in the acting world, it, it yeah. would be absolutely superb. Like, so fair play to them for, for kind of not forgetting their roots, I suppose, of, of, they're doing really well. No, it's great stuff, great to hear, and I you know, wish them all the best with that. So yeah. a lot of people will be wondering how you got an invite last night. <laughs> did you did you once play for Sunderland and people just can't remember your name? Um, are you, uh, are, are, <laughs> have you been picked out of a hat by the owners? Uh, no. If, I, if, I'd ever, if I'd ever got on the books at Sunderland, people definitely wouldn't have remembered my name. <laughs> <laughs> Two left feet like me, kidder. Um <laughs> Ice Guys, what is what is Ice Guys? Tell us about it all because I've watched this journey with interest on your Facebook, mate. We, um, uh-huh. you know, we've supported each other over the last few years, and um, yeah. I've I've loved watching your journey, mate. It's been it's been something which I've personally okay. taken inspiration from, and I know lots of people who've joined you in your various sessions have done. But tell us tell us where the idea came from, what you've what you've done, and what you're currently doing. Uh, oh, thanks for that, mate. Well, that, that's how we got on the show. Um, my friend Mel, um, she works for, for Fullwell 73, she like directs things up up, up north um, and it came from a, a Lugo Nyan post actually on Instagram a couple of years ago when he was struggling with his mental health, I think after he'd been injured or when he was injured, he, he put a thing on Instagram so they were looking for an angle on men's mental health and what Ice Guys is, it's an organisation where we try to improve men's mental health 
Um, it, it came about, um, my friend set up Wild Sea Women, um, and, and that was a women-only group, and some of their partners were asking about a, a men-only group, which, which goes in the sea, like uh, we dip, we'll have dips in the sea every Sunday, and there wasn't one in, in Sunderland at least, um, so she suggested I set one up, so it kind of came from there. And how it started, it was it was kind of just a group of lads just getting together on a Sunday and getting in for a dip. And then it, it developed from there, really. We've been going, like, almost it'll be four years this June. Um, and it developed from just lads dipping in the sea and, and having a bit of crack, like, on a Sunday. To, we've set, set it up as a community interest company now. Um, so it's, it, it's developed from one dip in Sunderland. We've got one on, in Tyneside, uh, which meets at Long Sands Beach. Uh, we've got one up in Northumberland, Boomer Beach, and then there's one over in Scotland in, in Ayrshire uh, that meet on Prestwick Beach. And we've developed from the dips into uh, like different sessions, like we've got a chess night and, and next week, actually, um, and it's all over our socials, we've got an Ice Guys week um, where there's a session on almost every day of, of different things. We've got like a beginner's MMA, beginner's rugby. We've got an African drumming session. Um, yoga and we've got a couple of sessions uh, we've got one which forms the it's kind of like the foundation of what we're going to do over the next year and um, which are therapeutic workshops where men can come and get a bit of an education on on mental health and, and whether they're going through anything at the minute whether they've gone through anything or or if they're all right at the minute and um, they can come and learn a little bit about about mental health so if if they ever experience anything in the future or the know some, the, the, the probably will, um, but whatever the like sort of uh, the mental health spectrum um, that they'll experience, they'll, we all experience something, you know, whether it's stress or, or grief or anything like that. So people can come and, and so they'll know, at least have a few of the tools that they might need to cope a little bit better. Um, and that'll be delivered by by uh, professionals, um, professional psychologists we've got who's, who's delivering those sessions. Um, but overall, I mean, it's, it's always been about, I mean, we dip in the sea every Sunday and it's always been about just lads getting together and a little bit of a release, um, a little bit of a laugh. Um, and it's it's built up a community that's it's like got such a solid foundation that it's it's really nice to see. And the fact I've got, I've had a lot of help. It's not just been me, like the lads who've, who've, who lead the other groups um, around the, around the, up the North Coast and then over at Scotland have been absolutely superb and helping build it up into what it is and and like recently we've we managed to get ten thousand pound of funding which is going to help us over the like next year and a half to to keep delivering sessions and, and keep the dips going and and trying to help a little bit with with men's mental health so we've linked up with other other groups like space northeast um we're, we're going to do some work with them there's there's groups like if you care share so a lot of a lot of what what i've seen over the last sort of well, few years is that whereas a lot of people are struggling, there's a lot of there's a lot of people out there doing things, but it's just getting the word out there to people. Because like men's mental health and, and and women's mental health as well, but men in particular are really susceptible to suicide. Um, and sadly, this, this, the the suicide rates, particularly in the northeast, is still like tragically high. Um, so anything that we can do, ice as ice guys that that'll that'll help people a little bit. That's that's just what we're trying to do. Um, so that's, I mean, to go back to why we're on Sunderland till I die. So they were looking for a, a, an angle for men's mental health. And then my friend Mel said, oh, I know this guy who, who runs a thing called Ice Guys. So they gave us a ring, had a bit chat with us and then, then came down and, and filmed us. So 
I mean, when they asked it, I just immediately said yes, like <laughs> just to get in the show. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic! <laughs> it was just like I. <laughs> Great publicity, though, for you guys and, and for a well, you know, well worthwhile cause. And Walker Football's on the agenda now. Oh yes, I uh, as part of Ice Guys Week. So if you if you look on our socials, you can find us. Just look for Ice Guys or Ice Guys C I C on Instagram um, and, and Facebook, and we're on Twitter as well. We're not as active on Twitter, but we will be. But all the information's there. Um, and Walking Football at the Beacon of Light, um, which is the the the, um, the building next to the Stadium of Light. Uh, we're doing walking football on Friday the twenty third, um, and in these sessions, if people look on, they're open to all men. Like around, we're, we're certainly not like Sunderland centric or anything like that. Uh, they're open to all men, um, and they don't have to come and dip in the sea on a on a Sunday with us. So it, it's it's fine. Like you you you're not for, you can come to the sessions that we do outside of the dips and not come and plunge in the North Sea on a Sunday with us. So don't worry about that. But men won't get, ch- won't men. get chased along the beach by people in red and white shirts if I go down. <laughs> no, no. We've got some Burnley fans. We've got a little Burnley contingent going in there. Have you? Miserable at the minute. Like, ah, yeah. <laughs> the lads come down every Sunday and they're just like, you can see them talking, they're talking together and you're going, I, they're talking about the match yesterday because they look all sad. And then when the, the, the couple of times this season they've come skipping across the car park, it's like, I well, Burnley. Burnley scraped a draw yesterday, so they're out of the moon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's fantastic! And uh, yeah, look, you know, please get across to your Facebook uh, group and and uh, the Facebook pages and stuff and Instagram and, and give the guys some support. Let's talk football uh, before we right. we reach uh, half past seven. I know you've got to get off to work. Yeah, because <laughs> well, look, yeah, look, Sunderland are on you up. Um, the, I mean, I've, right, I've, actually, I. It is, it is. I've spoken about it on the show. I, I had a feeling Middlesbrough and Sunderland would push each other all the way again this season. And yeah. Middlesbrough have dipped off a little bit, but it's you know it's so tight, the championship at the moment. Sunderland in seventh place, mm-hmm. 47 points behind uh, arch enemies, Coventry on goal difference. But it's... <laughs> You know, if you continue the, you continue in this form, Sunderland have got a chance of getting the playoffs again this season. Um, you know, yeah. how are you how are you feeling about things at the moment? Because Ted, who does the show, he'll be coming on he'll be coming on soon. Um, he's been a bit he, he's been a bit up and down, and the Beale situation has has had me and the Borough contingent sniggering on here because it was Beale <laughs> out it was Beale out three weeks ago. Um, you know, you you lose the derby against us in Beal the now, man. And it's now Beal in. It's Beal Madrid. <laughs> um, I'm I'm like happy with. I look at in the context of the last like five years. I look at how we're doing now. I always try to keep that um, in my mind. So if if things aren't going so well, um, I kind of think I. But a couple of years ago, we're like stuck in League One. Um, so how it's going this season in particular? I was a bit surprised that they got rid of when Tony Mowbray left and. And then when Bale came in, I, I wasn't exactly enthused about it. But I'm a, I'm more of a fan of saying, oh well, give him a bit of time and we'll see what happens. So, and when when he because of the the feeling ill feeling towards Mowbray gone, and then Bale coming in because we were linked with that will still, weren't we? And everyone was yeah. like getting excited about that and thinking, oh, it'd be class if he come in. When he didn't come in, um, and Michael Bale came in, people were like, oh, Michael Bale. So what he needed to do, I think, is like hit the ground running and get some really good wins in. And he didn't do that at the start. Uh, so things went dipped a little bit even more. And then there was all like there was like loads of ill feeling towards him. But even in that context, I was kind of thinking, oh, maybe it'll not work out and we'll just see what happens. But I'm kind of happy that we're not down the bottom, to be honest. 
Um, last mm. season was amazing, I thought, in the, again, in the context of the last few years. So, yeah. at the minute, me personally, I'm happy with where we are. I'm happy that with, like, what, um, 17 games to go, 15 games to go, I think it is, um, yeah. that we're in with a shout with the playoffs and it makes the season interesting in a way that it could end happily rather than interesting in a way that could end up with relegation. So, I am, I, overall, I'm, I'm, I'm really happy with things. Prediction for the weekend, Birmingham mm. against Sunderland. Tony Mowbray, of course, w- awaits you at uh, <laughs> St Andrews. Um, I'll, I'll, be hap- I'll, be, I'll be happy with a win, to be honest. Like, I think we'll, we'll go there, we'll get stuck in. Um, and if we can play with who we have been, um, come away with a win. But whatever happens, you know. I mean, everyone will go and think, oh, well, we're set up to get beat because it's Tony Mowbray and then Pritchard's yeah. gone there. Um, he'll come on and score or he'll, he'll be starting from the start and direct a great win for some, uh, for Birmingham um, so we'll just wait and see me I'm, I'm, I'm kind of chilled about the whole thing like you're just you're the you're the you're the Sunderland equivalent to me that's what you are Chris yeah. and, and I love it and I love it that's yeah. why we've got you on we'll have to get you back on again listen good luck with good luck yeah, with these guys yeah uh, sounds Sun- great yeah Sun- Sunderland La Die is on is on tonight debuts on Netflix tonight keep an eye out for Chris yeah. he's the good looking one with uh, with the hair <laughs> and uh, look look for look for look for it's this morning it's on this morning getting released from 8 o'clock this morning that's that's when we said last night it's on fantastic so I've got to wait I've got to wait I'm expecting to turn my phone on when I start when I finish work tonight with a load of people saying like screenshots saying I look like a Idiot! <laughs> <laughs> Can you swear on this show? No, no. <laughs> oh, <that's laughs> we we get away with we get away with murder on here. Like, but Dave 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 who owns the stations goes mental. Uh, and we get we oh, just right. get black. Oh, we, right. we get blue cards made because yeah, they're redundant cards. now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, lovely to speak to you, Chris, this morning, and uh, it's oh, uh, brilliant. Right. Keep up the brilliant work that you're doing. Take care, nice mate. One. Thank you very much. All right, take care. Cheers. Dave. Cheers. Ta-ra, mate. And that's that's maybe where Ted is this morning. Maybe Ted is um, sitting prime, waiting to watch this. <laughs> I think <laughs> I think they've just done this deliberately to me this morning. I think that Rye, because as we know, Rye and Ted have like their own secret WhatsApp group. I think they've gone. <laughs> ah, let's let's wind Ethiopia. Let's just have a uh, let, let's have a day off. You know what I mean? But they, they could probably both do the show. But um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, fantastic. Um, and, so, but thanks, Chris. For yeah, great and stuff. and sounds great. That stuff that they're doing as well around mental health is 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 brilliant, isn't it? It's so important. It's so important, Daz, because yeah. you know, like we all, we, you know, we all struggle with yeah. you know battle each day you know it can be something personal it could be something something major it could be work related you know no matter what we've all got issues and like it's 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 and unfortunately it is part and parcel of being a bloke that we don't talk about these yeah. things and yeah. you know we, we do tend to keep it all in and and that's not a good thing um you know you need to share your issues you need to say your problems and i think for me personally lockdown gave me that kind of you know outlook on life you know I, yeah. I used to you know I probably used to do that you know but I'd go out you, you've got one or two of your mates you go out you'll have a walk you go somewhere and you do you open up you rant you rave and those kind of things which probably you know could cause you that in a turmoil it's better you know like to say a problem a problem shared's a problem halved but what Chris Chris and the guys have done is, is absolutely fantastic and um, you know rightly so that they should get some recognition 
uh, like they did, you know, last night. You know, getting getting an invite along to, you know, the premiere of the show, yeah. getting getting getting, you know, highlighted on that show is absolutely fantastic. So no, I'm really pleased and um, delighted we managed to get him on this morning and uh, here he's intake. But it sounds sounds great. And whether you're a black and white persuasion or a red and white persuasion, you know, it's a show to watch because um, you know it, it is it, it it has been good TV, does. Yeah, absolutely. No, I, I fancy dipping into that as well uh, myself. All right, this is the Northeast Footy Breakfast seven thirty three. It's just myself and Steve at the moment. However, after the uh, North East Sports News and uh, um, a little bit of an update for you, we're hoping that Ted's going to be here with us. Um, yeah, if he can get himself out of bed. All right, we'll, uh, we'll try and get in touch with Ted right after this. Together across the North East. The Timbercat and the Red. And we're back. It's the North East Footy Brekkie. And hopefully, with everything crossed, Ted joins us this morning. Good morning, Ted. <laughs> I knew he would do that. I knew he would do that. <laughs> so predictable. <laughs> I was just going to give it the old sec- like seven second delay and go, yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we're, we're bouncing the call off one of them satellites, aren't we? Yeah. Well, welcome back to the UK, Ted. Yeah, yeah. Is it always this cold? I can't remember. This this is not on. <laughs> All right. This just isn't right. Yeah. Uh, but yes, just like, it's nice to be back, lads. Yeah. Just like the arrival scooter back in the UK. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what? I almost used that as my little tagline this morning, but I thought, nah, <laughs> that's a niche reference. That nobody's going to get that. <laughs> How are we doing, the boys? Are we all right? Yeah, we're okay. Yeah, we're, we're not doing too bad. We had uh, the fabulous Chris on uh, just a little bit earlier on talking about. Uh, I heard a little bit about that. Yeah, yeah. great. That. Yeah, talking about the new uh, the new series and also the work. I'm, bit, I'm a bit jealous, though, lads. Yeah. Steve's obviously got another Macam friend, like. And I, 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 <laughs> Chris is a great I'm, lad. I'm looking for. <laughs> I'm looking for assurances that I'm still your favourite, Steve. You know what I mean? Oh, you definitely are, mate. You definitely are. <laughs> We're going out on Valentine's yes. Day. How are you, man? <laughs> oh, please, really? Do, do, do we have to make that public knowledge? Do we? <laughs> I said to you, we need to go out and celebrate Kevin Keegan's birthday, and you said, yes, let's do it. Really? Yeah. yeah all right, right. I'm sure that's what it was. I'm sure that's what it was. It's a, well, uh, I actually have got a little birthday gift for you. Obviously, we'll, we'll reveal that after you've uh, after you've had it on, uh, on on after you've had it on Valentine's Day. I really need to rephrase that. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, Careful, <laughs> easy tiger. Yes, I know, I know. Yeah, but I, I have brought a, a little bit of Cypress for you, Steve. So there oh, you go. Oh, fantastic, mate! Brilliant stuff. Looking forward to it. So, how was how was the journey coming back? Then was it was it was it nice and smooth for you? Was it all all right? Was it was it well? How, how are you feeling about the being back home? Lounge, it's uh, it's a weird one that because I I don't regard this as home anymore. Cyprus is home. Right. Wow. Um, I've been there nearly five years now. Uh, this this I mean the northeast is always like sort of it's that place in my heart. But obviously I put down roots in Cyprus with with Mrs. Ted, the four cats, and all that kind of thing. And I've yeah. I've made like a big effort to make that home as well. And and that's where it feels like. But this is like I don't know. This place it, it never gets out your heart. The northeast. Yeah. And there's the, the there's part of it. I mean, the first thing that that, that we did, you know, Doctor Mick, my best mate, came and picked us up from the airport, and uh, it was one of them where you go, right, pub, 
<laughs> so we're straight, we're straight to the Golden Lion in Sedgefield for for a couple of pints, and you know you 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 bump into people that you've known for many many years, and and it just brings it all back. And this place is is you know genuinely in my heart, and it, it just feels nice. It does feel like being home. Uh, you know that that'll never ever leave you, I guess. So yeah, it's it's an emotional thing being in the northeast. It's um. It, there's no place like it. You know, even the even the little infuriating things you, that you still miss, but you you know you still love. So it's it's lovely to be back. The journey was great. Um, I, 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 I'm allowed to mention the airline. I flew by uh, Brian Air, as I call it. Brian Air. Um, George, it's the best experience I've ever had. With them. They couldn't do enough for you. It was on time. They, they didn't throw the plane onto the tarmac like they normally do at Newcastle Airport, which which was nice because I'm a bit of a nervous flyer, lads. Um, the only disappointing thing I think for me was the uh, the airport lounge wasn't up the mucks, lads. Right. Because no, nah, I'm obviously I can't I can't just mix with the normal public. You know, I, I'm, well, not, I'm, not, not anymore. <laughs> no, no. I'm on the radio now, lads. I'm on the wireless. I can't <laughs> do that. <laughs> Yeah, the lounge was awful. The food was absolutely nasty, um, to the point that as soon as the belt sign went off, I unfortunately had to make a, a, a brief, a very quick run to the front of the aircraft. Oh, right. uh, so yes, uh, yes, yeah, it was an unpleasant experience, lads. But I'm not going to dwell on that too much. Lovely to be back. I, I can't wait to get you know, go and pick the car up, go and see me little mum because I haven't seen her yet uh, since I got back yesterday tea time. Yeah. So yeah, go and do all that and, uh, and enjoy me week. Fabulous. Good stuff. Yeah, well, it's good to have you in the UK, Ted. Um, and and you've obviously this this week that you've you've chosen to come home, um, as we've heard from Chris, they're, they're launching the uh, season three of Sunderland Till I Die. You'd be really yes. excited about that, are you? I am, you know, because I mean the the, the first two uh, series for me were, were a difficult watch. Um, you know, I, I talk about emotional no, I know connections the to the northeast. <laughs> 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 Look, I mean, it's the, the impact can't be denied of, of that documentary. Uh, it's 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 had a huge impact on people. You know, this is this is what led to the Wrexham takeover. Was Rob McElhenney viewing Sunderland till I die and going, "Oh my God, I want to get involved in this. This is this is amazing." You know, mm-hmm. um, to the, to the point, I think. There was actually conversations about you know wanting to get involved with Sunderland, but I think that was a little bit too pricey. Um, but and then obviously you know it it, it, it materialised that they went and bought Wrexham. This, this is on the back of it. So seeing those first two um, series, and obviously I, I was I was already living away by the time the second series came out, and and it was a difficult watch. It emotionally very very like sort of uh, challenging to watch as, as as a Sunderland fan, and I'm sure other Sunderland fans would agree. So. I mean, I watched the trailer for the third season. I'm actually going to watch a couple of episodes today, just so I can review it a bit on tomorrow's show when I'm in when I'm in the office. Mm. Um, yeah, I know. Um, and even the trailer for season three, honestly, the, the, uh, genuinely a lump in my throat watching it. it. Just the trailer, and it's you know that there's there's a bit that, that sort of sticks in my mind. Why is it never us? And it, you know that's that that epitomises what it's like being a Sunderland fan. It's a, a friend of mine once once wrote, and this is this is a few years ago now. Uh, good morning, Mark, if you're listening, because I, I love this quote, and I will I will always always mention this. Supporting Sunderland is like having an alcoholic drug taken brother. 
They will continually let you down. They will drain you of money, but you still love them anyway. And I think that's one of the greatest quotes ever <laughs> about being a Sunderland fan. It really is. It's like sort of the disappointment season after season, but you still love me and, and there's still hope there. And and that's what I can't wait to see is like sort of, you know, that that, that passion, not just seeing the, the, the bad times of those two awful seasons, the back-to-back relegations in the four years in League One. It's that little bit of redemption and that story back to the championship and, and heading, heading the club right in, in the right direction again. I can't wait to see that. Yeah. No, good. Well, I think I think we're all going to be uh, having a watch of it this week, aren't we? I think it's yeah. uh, it's intriguing. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Just to see what see what it brings up, and obviously it'll you know mean a lot more to you than than it than it will to uh, to maybe others. Um, but no, I think I think it'll be a really interesting watch, uh, Ted. Absolutely, absolutely, can't wait for it. All right, I think we'll do uh, a little bit of uh, our northeast uh, club headlines, if that's all right, because it's uh, we're a little bit over. Get my glasses on because I'm doing it from my phone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right, uh, and we'll start off uh, with some uh, Geordie uh, club news. Magpies and proud mag news. Eddie Howe has issued a new positive Joe Willock injury update with a Newcastle United boss hopeful will see the midfielder back in action before the month is out. Willock has been sidelined since November with an Achilles issue, his second injury of that kind in just a matter of months. Before that, the former Arsenal ace had missed the opening nine Premier League games with a hamstring problem. Sheffield Wednesday defeated Birmingham 2-0 at Hillsborough in the Championship on Friday without on loan Newcastle midfielder Jeff Hendrick and it's now confirmed he wasn't named in their 25-man squad for the remainder of the season. However, he does remain on loan at Wednesday as they only use 22 of the 25 slots and he could be added at any time. And beaten by league leaders Manchester United in the last home game, Newcastle under-18s narrowly lost out to second-placed City at Little Benton on Saturday. The citizens opened the scoring through Luca Fletcher on 44 minutes before Darren Palmer replied in the 85th minute with his sixth goal of the season. However, the visitors regained the lead straight from the kickoff when German youth international Farid Alpha Ruprecht beat Aidan Harris in the United goal. That's in your Castle headlines on Tuesday morning. Mackhams and Proud, Black Cats News. in the UK. Lazio reportedly interested in making a move for Joe Bellingham, joining the list of clubs interested in the Sunderland star. The 18-year-old younger brother of Real Madrid star Jude Bellingham has shone in the championship this term, netting five goals and providing one assist across his first 30 league games and has alerted some of the biggest clubs in Europe. Lazio were incredibly active in English player recruitment in the January transfer window, trying to set up deals for Fenerbahce's Ryan Kent. Norwich City's Jonathan Rowe, Plymouth Argyle's Morgan Whitaker, and of course, our own Jack Clark. Sunderland Till I Die Season 3 is out today, and co-creators Gabe and Ben Turner, who are two London-based Sunderland fans, have been discussing the motivation behind the show while describing the last season as a love letter to Sunderland. In an interview with Sunderland Nation, Ben claimed, we sort of come to realise that there needs to be something more in the story than just the action you're watching. And as Gabe says, we just have such a romanticised and loving image of Sunderland in the northeast. It's like a love letter to a place that feels like it was so full of dreams for us. Sunderland Till I Die, yeah, like I said, is on Netflix as of today, and I'll be giving my own little review on tomorrow's show. And finally, Michael Beale has gone on record to say he's been just as impressed off the pitch with Jack Clark as seeing his exploits on the pitch. 
Bill went on to say, I can see that he's super fit. He wants to get better, and so he's asking questions. He's improved defensively since I've been here, just by taking on some advice. In the big moments in the game, he doesn't go hiding, and he steps up for his club and for his teammates. He's calm in front of goal. I wouldn't want to compare him to anyone, but I would say this is an impressive young man, not just an impressive footballer. They are your Sunderland headlines. Smoggies and Proud, Borough News. Matt Crooks has penned a parting letter to Borough fans after his move to MLS club Real Salt Lake was finalised. And first, Real Salt Lake. Real Salt Lake was finalised. When first joining, I remember saying, it's Middlesbrough, and I haven't been disappointed. What a club. Only six months ago, I described the place as home, and that will be, that will always be the case. Life is short, and we only get one go at it. And to have the chance to experience football and life in another country with my family was one I was keen to take up. But good luck to everyone involved in the club for the rest of the campaign. I'm sure the lads and staff will give everything till the end. Um, I mean, what an absolute servant he was to the club. And it's clear that all fans uh, across social media yesterday will miss Matt Crooks as he moves off to MLS. Uh, also yesterday in the news, the early bird season tickets um, have become available to purchase for 24 25 According to mfc.co.uk, buying a season ticket is cheaper than purchasing tickets on a match-by-match basis and offers plenty of benefits, including priority points for in-demand away and cup fixtures, as well as your seat reserved for the season. Early bird, early bird renewal and new applicant prices are only available till the deadline of the 5pm on Friday the 15th of March, uh, so you need to buy now to secure your seat for the campaign. However, many fans took to social media to express their upset at the rise in prices and especially the short window of a month to get the applications in. In fact, the Red Faction have announced they will be running a protest against the price rises with more details coming soon. And that's your Borough Headlines. From Yarm to Yibbe, Herrington to Horsley Hill, Swarwell to Silverlink. The Northeast Footy Breakfast with Roy, Steve, and Ted. Right across the Northeast, the red platoon and the cat. And you can get in touch with the show this morning if you want to be part of the Northeast Footy Breakfast. Uh, where you can WhatsApp us in or double three or or four three two thousand and two. We'd love to hear from you this morning. Like plenty to talk about. <laughs> plenty to talk about, chaps. Yeah, you have. Uh, plenty, plenty to talk about today. Um, I just want to talk about West Ham fans streaming out of the London Stadium yeah, in their thousands lads, before <laughs> half time. Um, obviously, they were hammered six nil uh, by Arsenal. And, pardon the pun. Um, pardon the pun. Yeah. Um, is it is it ever right to leave a game early? Uh, that's a question I'm going to pose to people watching, uh, people listening this morning, and pose to you guys. I mean, for me personally, I've never physically left the ground early. The closest I ever came to it was uh, Newcastle away at the Blackburn. Sam Allardyce was manager. Newcastle were three 0 down in the first half, and I just couldn't watch anymore. So at half time, I went down for a pint, and I never came back. Um, and <laughs> I just stayed downstairs 
Um, obviously, I was conscious of the game going on, but I, I was more interested in downing as many drinks as I could to forget about what I'd just witnessed in the first half. <laughs> needless, needless to say, needless to say, we never recovered from uh, that the first half. It was horrendous. Um, it, it and, and Mike Ashley was on the terraces as well, which didn't help. Um, I've got to be honest, but yeah, I mean, I've never physically left the ground. I've never left the ground. It, I, I've never done it, and, and and ever since that, I've never done it. And I mean, even the Arsenal game at home, four 0 down at half time I, I, I stayed and watched the full game and, and that's that's the beauty of football Newcastle come back in that game and check Teotie got an equaliser we, we drew 4-4 we could have gone on to win that game so you, you never know what is round the corner that's the beauty of football but the whole idea of support um, support and supporters is that you support your team you know through thick and thin win lose or draw um, you know chasing the Premier League and the Champions League or, or or facing relegation you support your team you go and watch your team and you support them and of course you'll have an opinion things aren't going right but you don't just chuck you just don't chuck your towel in just because you're not getting the result that you want you, you, you've got to support them the team needs your support even more when when they're down like that, and it wasn't all West Ham fans. I mean, there was a period when they went five nil down and they started singing their you know their anthem. You know, fortunes always hiding. I'm forever blowing bubbles was echoing around the stadium. Um, mm. But there was huge, huge gaps. Lots of people had left, and I, and I just you know, is it is it right to leave a game early, Ted? I think it's a personal preference thing. Um, I, I kind of understand why some people would do it. Uh, and I've, I've been guilty of it myself. I was over the last time I was over, funnily enough. Um, I took Mrs. Ted to go and watch Sunderland against Stoke City. Because um, you know, I'm, I'm a born romantic like that. Um, I, I took her there. It was absolutely chucking it down with rain. We end up getting thumped 5-1. And five minutes before the end, it's like, oh, come on, let, let's go. Because we were sitting at the front just getting rained on, bit of a miserable experience, and you kind of think, yeah, I've had enough kind of thing. So it, it's it's down to preference. I mean, for one, I'll, I'll get on, I'll, I'll just, a quick word on the West Ham thing. You may remember it was when I first started doing the show with you lads, uh, one of the subject matters was teams that you absolutely cannot stand for no reason whatsoever. <laughs> um, and, and mine is West Ham. Um, so to see West Ham supporters miserable and leaving a stadium just brings joy to my heart. It really does. Um, <laughs> I can't stand West Ham. Uh, I can't stand this whole the West Ham way and all that kind of thing. Particularly because it's David Moyes and he... he I was just about to say that. Is it a David Moyes thing? Well, yeah, because he he, he he had a hand in destroying my club or, or having a good go at it. Um, so anything that pours misery on David Moyes is a great thing in my opinion. Um, so, yeah, I, I was delighted to see West Ham teaming out the stadium as if there'd been some sort of fire drill. Um, it, it was just brilliant uh, and, and a tremendous performance from Arsenal itself, as we said. The one that I can't understand, Steve, is when the team's winning and people leave early. Yeah, uh, now, this, so this is what I was going to... I was going to lead on to this. I was going to lead on to this because... Yeah. There must be a hell of a lot of buses leaving at the same time 10 minutes before kick-off in <laughs> St James's Park. But, yeah, and that's annoying, isn't it? Yeah. Because, I mean... It, I could even see it um, in our last game as well. You three one up. You know you've come from one nil down. Second half performance is as good as anything that Sunderland have played this season. You know three great goals, um, and you think like the, the, a bit of a turning point. The, the fans were behind Michael Bale and, and what was going on there in, in his personal life as well. 
and like there was almost like a, oh my goodness there's a, there's a feel good factor returning to the club here and then it's like right 80th minute I'm off you think what are you doing was was three one up like see the game out and, and give the lads some appreciation at the end you know I, I just don't understand this it, it really really annoys me that being disappointed and like sort of showing you your you disappointment by leaving early I get it I'm not saying everyone agrees with it. I'm not saying it's it's a good thing or a bad thing. It's down to personal preference. But leaving your seat when your team's winning and you don't show your appreciation at the end, I just think it's bad support. Uh, I, I've never understood it. I never will. And I'll, that's something that I'll never, ever partake in. What about you, Daz? Yeah, I, I, I saw the, uh, the, the footage of the, the, the fans leaving. Uh, at the weekend, and it yeah, it didn't surprise me. I I don't know. I I don't have Ted's hatred of of West Ham um, <laughs> at all. And and because oh, that's, that's a strong word, just intense disliking. Yeah, okay. <laughs> and, and there is part of me that quite likes them because you dislike them so much. You know, um, there is, <laughs> there's a bit of that. Um, uh, no, but you don't do that. You, you you stick stick by it, and you know even if like Steve said, you just go downstairs and have a pint, you know, and mull it over with your pals and 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 drink your sorrows, you know. Um, but yeah, leaving the stadium, right? That's it. I'm off. I'm not having any more of this, you know. Um, I remember leaving a, a, a Borough Cup game when I was a kid. We're very very small, you know, seven or eight or something like that, in uh, the old Ayrson Park. And going along to a cup game, and I was, um, I'd gone with my uncle, and my uncle always left the game early, um, so I hated going with him. And uh, it was a night match. Uh, I just, I just remember leaving and him listening on a radio to the rest of the game. We scored, got back in the game, uh, so we raced, tried to get back uh, to the stadium, uh, back to Ayrson Park to watch it. I just always remember that panic. Oh, God, what are we missing? What are we missing? Uh, so, and I think that's lived with me. Uh, so I, I won't, I won't leave the stadium early, uh, and, and particularly when you're winning, because yeah, surely, you know, you yeah, you you applaud the, the players off. Well, you applaud the players off, uh, win or lose, don't you? You know, yeah, of course. Um, you know, that's 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 part and parcel of, of, of being a fan of these northeast clubs that we we love and who frustrate us so much at times. Um, you know, we're, we're still fans, win or lose, we're still fans. We still love the club. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I I don't get it. I just don't get it. And and you know, and it's it's had a lot of media about it, hasn't it? Um, you know, a lot of, lot of other pundits commenting on it, and it's been put on social media. Um, yeah, I think uh, I think your pal there, uh, David Moyes, his, his days are numbered, aren't they, Ted? I, I would say so. I mean, you know, Moyes is probably getting on a bit now. Um, you know, there was talk that he was he was contemplating retirement. Um, I thought he had retired at Sunderland, to be honest. Um, <laughs> about six games into his tenure. Um, I, I, sorry, I, I'm I'm always going to hate on David Moyes. Um, whatever he achieves, and he, he has gone on. You know, he's he's won a trophy West Ham. Great, high, fantastic. Uh, but I think it was three games into his tenure as Sunderland manager, saying, "Yeah, we're going to be in a relegation battle." It was like right at the beginning of the season. It was just incredible. <laughs> was brilliant, that. just. <laughs> just remarkably negative. Is it, I mean, oh, for a Geordie, oh, of course it is. It's, it's gold, isn't it? God. The, the manager coming that. out with something like that. It was just incredible, and it's there's there's not a kind word. Apparently, even the tea lady at the stadium alike couldn't stand them. 
he was just a, an absolute misery to be around. You know, um, so yeah, I'm I'm, I'm never going to have anything nice to say about about Moyes at all. It's his days may be numbered at West Ham. He, he has won them a European trophy, albeit like sort of the the, the netto equivalent of one. Um, but yeah, it's uh, no love lost for him on Moyes' side at all. He was he was one of the big factors in in destroying the club. Hmm. What do you think? I mean, one of the, the things that uh, came out yesterday, Steve, was um, Michael Carrick linked with the West Ham job. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, that was strange, yeah. wasn't it? That was a strange. Uh, I mean, he's going to get linked with with lots of jobs. I think Carrick. I mean, he is he is on the up, I guess. Um, and I think, yeah, West Ham would fit, but. You know he's going to get linked with Manchester United. He's got the links there as well, isn't he? But uh, yeah, I, I think he needs to walk before he can run. And I think, I think because because of the the feel, there's a feel good factor at Sunderland. There's a there's a there's a, a down a down and out feeling at Borough at the moment. And I think you know I think these stories tend to you know come about when 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 fans you know fans are on the on a downward spiral. But I don't see I don't see Moyes getting sacked. I mean, look, he won them their first trophy in years yeah. last year. Um, you know, one result doesn't change things. They're going through a bad spell. So is Aston Villa. Uh, no one's shouting for Unai Emery's yeah. head at the moment. Um, but yeah, I, I yeah, I, look, Moyes has done well. Um, he did brilliantly at Everton, and then you know he, he you know he took the poison chalice at Old Trafford. He's you know he didn't do well at Sunderland. I I, I didn't think he would pick himself back up after that, but um, he's proved me wrong at West Ham. And you know I guess I guess it's fine. It's it's knowing the time to quit, isn't it? Um, you know this this is a key season for him. I think if if the fallout of the European spots and you know they don't they don't win anything this season, then then there will be question marks over Moyes going into next season. So maybe he should you know maybe retire gracefully from that position and, and look for another job. I'd, I'd, it'll be interesting to see what happens. But Premier League's a funny old league. You know anything can happen. You know Arsenal won six nil at the weekend. They could easily go away next weekend and you know and and I think they play Burnley and get beat. So you know anything's possible and West Ham could go on a little run but uh, yeah um, interesting stuff I don't think Borough fans need to worry though I can't see Carrick going to West Ham uh, any time soon no I agree see I, 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 I think otherwise lads I mm. really do um, West Ham whether you like them or not and I don't um, West Ham they are a decent sized club and it would be a logical step for Carrick to, to get into the Premier League I think somebody like Palace listen Middlesbrough are a bigger club than Crystal Palace. All ends up. They really are. Um, so I can't see him going there. And he was linked with there. West Ham, he's got that link, hasn't he? Because he came through their, their youth system. He had a successful stint there. I, th I think, you know, the, the, he's, he's well respected there as well. I genuinely think Michael Carrick is is destined for, for a big, big job. Like, And I'm talking like a big job like Man United. Not right now, um, but... Looking at his, his tactical nous and the way he can change a game with with limited resources, by the way, at the minute, I'm just I'm so impressed with Michael Carrick. I really am. I think he's going to be a, a wonderful coach and getting the best out of a squad of players that's been decimated by injury. The way you, you know they've had to sell players, and players have left to go to the MLS, of course. And I just think Carrick is is destined, and I think. West Ham would be the ideal kind of stepping stone to get to a Man United style position. Um, because let's face it, I mean, Middlesbrough are certainly not going to go up this season. I think we can probably safely say that. Um, and depending on how they invest in in the close season for next year, 
I, can you really see them challenging again? Because there's, you know, there's, there's a few teams up there that, that are already stealing ahead of them. So I, I, I genuinely think don't rule out the West Ham move for Michael Carrick. I think it's a logical and wise stepping stone to get the, the Man United position that I believe he's capable of getting. Mm. Mm. I think there's still work for him to do here, uh, to be honest. Um, but that's another story. Is that more out of hope or expectation? <laughs> uh, well, well, we're approaching. Well, we're late for the news. Uh, we'll chat more about uh, about this and many other things on the northeast footy brekkie. Um, it's uh, Steve and it's Ted and myself, Daz. Hello. Um, yes, hello. Uh, as we chat over and mull over all things northeast football as well as everything else, uh, and we'll be back and to do more of that after this. Just to be different, naturally. How about that? Shed 7 and talk of the town. Brilliant. Yeah, absolutely brilliant. brilliant. Track. On the Northeast Footy Breakfast this morning. Great album. It's Temp Past 8. It is the Northeast Footy Breakfast. It's Steve, it's Ted, and Daz. Uh, and you can get involved as well. O double three O O four three two thousand and two. Should we just put that last hour behind us, uh, guys? I think we should just, you know. I think we should, but, yeah. but we also need to point out there is someone missing. Yes, yes. a very this loud is presence is missing. Yes. Uh, yeah, Rise, Rise misses being being poorly overnight. Uh, so Rise got to look after the little ones, being a, being the dutiful, brilliant dad that he is. Uh, so obviously you know, we're miss- wishing Mrs. Rye a very very speedy recovery. No, she's feeling better soon, and uh, yeah, and our well Tippendean brother as well. We do miss you, mate. Yeah, we do. I mean, we won't say what we said off air. We won't mention that. But um, no, we no, no, we do, no, no. no. Uh, Lots of expletives. Steve's- <laughs> I, I don't think he's talentless at all and, and, and to be honest I, I reckon it's Bam stealing ideas off him rather than the other way around uh, like you said you can get in touch uh, with us sure via whatsapp or double three or four three two thousand and two we'd love to hear from you uh, right across the northeast on the northeast footy breakfast uh, so much more to chat about gents Yes, lots to talk about this morning, as always. And uh, from our perspective, there's um, a big game last night. Uh, Newcastle's rivals, Chelsea, uh, managed to get a win against Crystal Palace. So, um, uh, looking at uh, their resurgence, and and are Crystal Palace in in trouble? Um, Got to ask that question. Would Kieran uh, Kieran Trippier as well said Newcastle have not given up the fight for a top four finish in a Champions League encore? Can Newcastle do it? Uh, Declan Rice refused to celebrate after scoring his goal for uh, Arsenal against his old club West Ham. Should players just celebrate? And Calvin Phillips has criticised Pep Guardiola uh, handling of him at Man City, calling him overweight. What's your thoughts on that? Being fat shamed. Uh, Manchester United <laughs> insist that they're going to work with Norman Whiteside as well to find him a new seat at Old Trafford. Uh, the former player's wife branded the decision to move him an absolute disgrace. Should ex-players really get a priority inside the football stadium? And um, here's a one. Uh, there's been a private meeting of the Premier League and the Championship clubs which took place last week, which was set up by Burnley chairman Alan Pace. Anybody any got any ideas what they were discussing? Uh, any suggestions what they were discussing? Maybe WhatsApp uh, would be interested to know uh, that. But um, as always, we have some club headlines to get through uh, before we come to the topics. 
Magpies and Proud. Mag's News. Eddie Howe has issued a new positive Joe Willock injury update with the Newcastle United boss hopeful that we'll see the midfielder back in action before the month is out. Willock has been sidelined since November with an Achilles issue, his second injury of that kind in just a matter of months. Before that, the former Arsenal ace had missed the opening nine Premier League games with a hamstring problem. Sheffield Wednesday defeated Birmingham City 2-0 at Hillsborough in the Championship at the weekend without on loan Newcastle midfielder Jeff Hendrick and it's now confirmed he wasn't named in their 25-man squad for the remainder of the season. However, he does remain on loan at Wednesday as they've only used 22 of the 25 slots and he could be added at any time. And beaten by league leaders at Manchester United in their last home game, Newcastle under-18s narrowly lost out to second-place Manchester City at Little Benton on Saturday. The Citizens opened the scoring through Luca Fletcher on 44 minutes before Darren Palmer replied in the 85th minute with his sixth goal of the season. However, the visitors regained the lead straight from the kickoff when German youth international Farad Alfa Ruprecht beat Aidan Harris in the United goal. That's in Newcastle headlines on Tuesday, the 13th of February. Smoggies and Proud, Borough News. Mark Crooks has penned a parting letter to Borough fans after his move to MLS club Real Salt Lake was finalised. When first joining, I remember saying it's Middlesbrough and I haven't been disappointed. What a club. Only six months ago, I described this place at home and that will remain. But life is short and we only get one go at it. And to have this chance to experience football and life in another country with my family was one that I was keen to take up. Crooks continued, good luck to everyone in the club for the rest of the campaign and I'm sure the lads and staff will give everything till the season ends. Up the borough from Tree. Social media lit up yesterday with many fans expressing their best wishes for the player who has always been popular with fans. However, many questioned why he was being allowed to leave with the current firepower shortage. And early bird season tickets are now available to purchase for 24 25 According to mfc.co.uk, buying a season ticket is cheaper than purchasing tickets on a match-by-match basis and offers benefits including priority points and in-demand away and cup fixtures, as well as your seat reserved for the season. Early bird renewals and new application prices are only available until the deadline of 5pm on Friday, so you need to buy now to secure your seat for the new campaign. However, many fans took to social media to express their upset at the rise in prices and especially the short window of a month to get your applications in. The Red Faction have announced that they will be running a protest about the price rises with more details coming in future days. That's your headlines for the borough. Mackhams and Proud. Black Cats News. Good morning, Sunderland fans. Lazio are reportedly interested in making a move for Joe Bellingham, joining the list of clubs interested in the Sunderland star. The 18-year-old younger brother of Real Madrid star Jude Bellingham has shone in the championship this season, netting five goals and providing one assist across his first 30 league games. And that's alerted some of the biggest clubs in Europe. Lazio were incredibly active in English player recruitment in the January transfer window, trying to set up deals for Fenerbahce's Ryan Kent, Norwich City's Jonathan Rowe, Plymouth Argyle's Morgan Whitaker, and of course, our own Jack Clark. Sunderland Till I Die Season 3 is out today, and co-creators Gabe and Ben Turner, who are two London-based Sunderland fans, have been discussing the motivation behind the show while describing the last season as a love letter to Sunderland. 
In an interview with Sunderland Nation, Ben claimed, we sort of come to realise that there needs to be something more in the story than just the action that you're watching. And as Gabe says, we just have such a romanticised and loving image of Sunderland in the northeast. It's like a love letter to a place that felt like it was just full of dreams for us. So Sunderland, Until I Die, is on Netflix as of today, like I said, and I'll be giving my own little review on tomorrow's show. And finally, Michael Beale has gone on record to say he's been just as impressed off the pitch with Jack Clark as seen his exploits on the pitch. Beale said, I can see that he's super fit, he wants to get better, and so he's asking questions. He's improved defensively since I've been here, just by taking on some advice. In the big moments in the game, he doesn't go hiding and he steps up for his club and for his teammates. He's calm in front of goal, I wouldn't want to compare him to anyone, but I would say that he's an impressive young man, not just an impressive footballer. There are your Sunderland headlines. From Yarm to Yibby, Harrington to Horsley Hill, Swarwell to Silverlink, the Northeast Footy Breakfast with Roy, Steve, and Ted. Right across the Northeast, the red, the tune, and the cat. Okay, Kieran Trippier says Newcastle haven't given up hope of another top four finish and a Champions League encore. Can Newcastle United do it this season? Um, I'm going to say no, lads. I'm going to say that Newcastle mm. will finish in the top six. I think, you know, from my from my perspective, I think there's four teams better than Newcastle this season. I think the luck that we've had with injuries, um, you know, seems to, to, to be continuing. Um, you know, Callum Wilson going down at the weekend with a, with another injury. Will, you know, will Isaac be fit for this weekend? You know, potentially, but, you know, how long before he's out injured again? Uh, you know, Nick Pope, of course, potentially coming back in March, Joe Willock due back before the end of this month, but you know we just seem to be getting one in and, and losing one, and um, no team can 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 you know can continue in the same vein as they did last season, and and you know you know claim a Champions League spot with with you know with consistent injuries like this, and it that's the reason. Um, I, I think there's four better teams. Um, I, I think that you know the top four will be the top four uh, that is you know that, that finishes there. I think. I think, to be honest, I think sixth and seventh will be between Newcastle, Manchester United, and Aston Villa. Uh, you've got to see on current form that that Manchester United have got the bit between their teeth. They're starting to find their feet. They're starting to play like a team, and you know that that you know he's finally getting them to understand what he wants. And I think that Manchester United will probably sneak into that fifth place. I think I think it'll be between Villa and Villa and Newcastle sixth and seventh. I think Newcastle will finish sixth. I think Villa Villa are on the crest of a slump at the moment. I think things are starting to catch up with them, and they they are struggling. And and you know there's some big games to be played. And uh, Newcastle have got to play Spurs at home. They've got to play Manchester United away, and they've got Chelsea, and they've got Arsenal. Uh, Arsenal away as well. Those four games, I think, will will be, you know, will, will probably decide Newcastle's fate. I think Newcastle can go down to, you know, to Manchester United and Arsenal and come away with a point or three. Maybe my my mindset will change, but at the moment, I just don't see, I don't see how Newcastle can do it. it. There's nothing wrong with having the ambition. There's nothing wrong with exuding positivity and and saying that that's what our aim is. And if that's the motivation in the dressing room. 
you know and you fall short then you know you're going to fall into a european spot um i think if you if you only aim as high as 6th and 7th you know you 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 stand the you stand the prospect of falling below that so i think Kieran Trippier is right in what he says i think he's i think he's right to have that ambition i think the fact we're still in the FA Cup um at this moment in time is 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 also something which keeps your season alive that that phrase that they tend to use but i genuinely think that um i think champions league is beyond us and i don't think that's a bad thing i think we i think we'll have learned from our experience this year in in you know the, the one of the most prestigious trophies in world football and i think we will will carry that into a different european competition next year and 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 potentially go a step further than we have done this year so i i'm not i wouldn't be deflated if we didn't hit the champions league financially it's you know it's not great for newcastle um but 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 look it's it's not it's not all about the money you know you you know you want to give yourself a fighting chance next season and you'd like to think um, without putting a jinx on Newcastle, that next season you're going to have a better season, you know, of, of uh, you know, in, in a more injury-free season, shall we say? So, so yeah, listen, I, I don't have any problem with Kieran Trippier exuding the positives, but um, I think it might just be a little bit a step too far next year, Ted. Yeah, listen, I, I, I respect any player that, that still shows ambition and, and hunger towards the, the business end of the season, no matter whether you think it's likely or not that they want to get to the top four it, it shows that there's some hunger there and I think with with all of that unrest you know Bayern Munich went pretty aggressive after Kieran Trippier it has to be said um, they, they really wanted him you would think that might unsettle a player um, but uh, you know whatever you think of Newcastle and, and Newcastle's players that that's the kind of hunger that you want to hear um, and, and he wants to win and I don't think that's going to harm Newcastle at all. I agree with you. I think it's going to be a step too far, Steve, um, this season, certainly. Um, I think player recruitment is going to be all important in the close season for all three Northeast clubs, to be honest with you. But yeah. for, for as far as Newcastle are concerned and their their kind of the, their ambitions, they've got to, for me, they've got to be a top four side next season. You know, when we're talking about this this time next year, we're going to be you know, I would have thought anything outside of the top four next next season is going to be a little bit of a disappointment and maybe Eddie Howe looking over his shoulder a little bit. Um, but as far as this season is concerned, I think a top six finish is is about right. Um, I still I still think that's progress for Newcastle personally, and I, I know that'll sound a bit odd because obviously it'll be finishing outside the Champions League. Newcastle overachieved last season for me. Um, yeah, uh, that's not a disrespectful thing. Uh, in any way whatsoever, I think. All right, I'll put it in another way. They were ahead of schedule last season. That's that's maybe a better way of putting it. Um, they finished a, a, a brilliant position. They got some absolutely massively valuable experience in the Champions League, playing against some, you know, some of the absolute creme de la creme of European clubs. Let's and be honest. them. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the PSG game yeah. um, that was absolutely incredible. I know. I. Uh, I kind of poo-pooed it at the time because it was um, <laughs> because you know all right they only Adam Bapp here but um, yeah <laughs> listen brilliant experience for them uh, and I, and I think they go on and build that Europa League the only thing that that I would be concerned about if I was a Geordie and you know there by the grace of God I'm not thank you um, but yeah I, I just think that that the, the fixed fixtures are a little bit more mean when it comes to the Europa League. It's the Thursday night games and then the weekends. And I just, that's going to depend on some very, very canny recruitment by Newcastle in, in order to 
make that squad big enough to be able to deal with the rigours of all the injuries and things like that and that fixture pile-up, which is going to happen. I think they could potentially go pretty far in the Europa League if they do qualify for it. Hmm. Um, they've already proved they can handle it against some of the big boys. They were unlucky against Dortmund in, in both games, I thought. Um, I wouldn't say Dortmund absolutely beasted them in any way, shape or form. Um, so, hmm. you know, that's, that kind of preparation serves them well. Top six finish, I think, will be will be great. Like I say, I think that's progress for Newcastle United. Um, and and I'm, I'm sure the majority of fans w- would probably be pretty happy with that as well, lads, yeah. Yeah, I think I think a top six finish is is reasonable. Um, one of the things I wanted to ask you though, Steve, you know, talking about next season, is you know, is, is, is what do you think is going to happen in in the transfer market? You know, at, is there going to be a is there going to be a big ship out of of, of some players uh, with the hope of of bringing in uh, a lot of new flesh uh, into the into the squad, or do you, do you think? Do you think it will just be tweaks and you're looking for one or two players? I mean, look, there's probably six or seven players out of contract this summer, which is a positive. Um, you know, maybe Eddie Howe will want to keep one or two of them. Um, I think Jamal Asselza's contract's up at the end of this season. Um, he certainly seems to want to, you know, maintain the kind of stability that he has in the dressing room. But, um, you know, they'll be hoping they can get rid of some of the driftwood. Um, I've just, you know, said him in news headlines there. You know, it's... It's a madness to to believe that somebody like Jeff Hendrick, who we are still, you know, still have on our books and still have to pay uh, when he comes back, can't even get a game for Sheffield Wednesday. Can't even get in the squad for Sheffield Wednesday. I mean that 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 that's atrocious news, you know, for for yeah. us. How are we going to get rid of him if if Sheffield Wednesday can't even entertain him? Um, so yeah, there's. The, the, there's a bit of driftwood around, um, that you know, this player, the players, uh, you know, the players out on loan that you tend, you know, you tend to forget about them, don't you? Um, Jeff Hendricks, Sheffield Wednesday, of course. Oh. Ryan Fraser, he's at Southampton. Um, I think he's still got another year to go on his contract, so you know, we're still stuck with Ryan Fraser unless Southampton decide to buy him. Um, you know, they could go up, of course. They they might decide that he's worth a, a shot in the Premier League. Jamal Lewis. He's at Watford. Um, you know, he's getting a game there. Put a ninety-minute shift in at the weekend for Watford. Um, Isaac Hayden. He's at Queens Park Rangers now, as we know. He's he's been around a, a few different clubs uh, since he went out on loan. There's a few youngsters out on loan as well who who you would imagine could come back and be part of of the first team. Jan Kuba Minty. A lot of yeah. a lot of talk about him. Um, of course, he's at Feyenoord. Um, he's still getting his game time. Bit of criticism he got in the last couple of weeks, but uh, you know he's he's still got seventy minutes at the weekend. Harrison Ashby's at Swansea City. Um, he's back now from his hamstring issue. Um, um, but you know, I don't think he's fully recovered from it, and I think he's now going to be sidelined again for, you know, maybe maybe a few weeks with muscular injury, which which tends to happen. And Garen Qual, of course, the Australian international who Ryan knows so much about, um, not really getting a, a great deal of time at Volendam, which um, you know is again, you know, a, a bit disturbing really when you think about the the furore he was met with when he came to Newcastle, and then you know he he just seems to have hit. It just seems to have hit, you know, a bit of a brick wall in his progression. So, you know, there's there's players to get rid of. There's players that you can develop. Um, Newcastle will have money to spend, though. They've got the seller money coming in. They've got the Adidas money coming in. There's there's money to spend, and you know they, you know that's that's 
that's the key really they'll uh, am i expecting them to be frugal and, and not spend a great deal in the summer no i'm expecting I'm, I'm expecting them to spend some money how much i don't know um i've seen suggestions newcastle could spend 250 million in the summer wow. um i don't know if i don't know what what is that buy you now though two players yeah <laughs> Or it Chelsea's prices, to, yeah, yeah, it just depends. Yeah, I don't to, think Newcastle to the level that Newcastle, so to the level that Newcastle are probably aiming for, Steve, two hundred and fifty million. In all seriousness, isn't going to mean like seven or eight players. I reckon you know three to four absolute top signings is is probably the way we'd go. I think I think Eddie Howe is more of a fan of uh, quality over quantity. Would you say? Well, look, he just wants players that are going to come in and fit fit the dressing room criteria, and and, and obviously be able to play football. You know, um, I mean, yeah. when you look when you look at the windows that you know that Newcastle have had since the takeover, um, I think they've taken their spending over two hundred and twenty million, which is a, which is a lot of money, you know. But if they're talking about doing that in one transfer window, that's that's what some people are suggesting. Um, you know, I'd find that hard to believe, especially with Eddie Howe constantly talking about FFP. Um, you know, I, I think there just needs to be a bit of. There's going to be a bit of business, isn't there? There's going to be a bit of business done. Yeah. And, and and like I said, the sponsorship, the sponsorship's the key. Adidas and Seller putting money in um, is the key. And 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 you know, for, for me personally, um, you know, we need more of that. We need we need we need a, a training ground sponsor. You need a stadium sponsor. Those are the kind of things which will which will help Newcastle progress. But. It's, it's it's such a it's such a frustrating thing, you know. You, you got the takeover you wanted, but you can't spend the money. Um, and, and they're constantly trying to put they're constantly trying to put obstacles in our way as well to stop yeah. us to, to to stop us buying players, which which is frustrating. Newcastle were linked with um, Billings from Bournemouth yesterday, but talk about Joe Linton potentially going out. I mean, that's a downgrade for me. That's not an upgrade. Joe yeah. Linton's a far better player than Billings. Um, you know, but you know, we we've got to accept, and Newcastle fans have got to accept that we're going to lose players, and we're going to lose heroes. You're going to lose players that you you wouldn't expect to see leave. Um, hopefully, yeah. not the likes of Bruno, but we're we're going to have to accept that nothing stays the same forever. It's always been the same, so there will be one or two maybe shocks going out the door. Um, maybe an Almiron will go. Um, you know, he's thirty now. Um, you know, he's he's I think he's he's past his peak. Potentially, he may he might go. Um, you know, you know, there's got to be a big name go to bring big names in as well. You know what I mean? That's that's just the way. That's just part and parcel of it. So, it's an interesting summer for Newcastle. A very interesting summer. Um, there's no doubt about it. Mm-hmm. Mm. So, half past eight. Uh, I think we should go to some sports headlines and, we'll and some weather. Yeah, and we'll be back with more northeast footy chat right after this. Together across the northeast. Welcome back to the North East Footy Brecky Show and uh, Declan Rice in that 6-0 rout of West Ham uh, refused to to celebrate uh, the goal that he scored and what a goal it was. Um, Should Mm. players just celebrate, Ted? Well, I mean, the thing is with Declan Rice, he didn't want to go against the grain. Mm. Oh. Right. I like it. It's very good. You thought of that. Oh. Yeah, you thought of that. Been, been, working, on that. been it. working on that for about 30 <laughs> seconds. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you massively underestimate how long I was working on that. <laughs> Literally, rice, rice, what can I do? Rice gags, rice gags. Rice, <laughs> um, rice, baby. Yeah. yeah. 
Yes, absolutely. Yeah, that, that was in there as well. I just couldn't work it in with York. But anyway, yes, back to the subject in hand. Um, I, I think it's I think it's respectful. Um, I, I don't think it's like sort of, um, you know, like sort of, it, it's wanting to appease the fans. And, and it, it, I think it's a nice touch when, when those fans have supported you, especially in Declan Rice's case. He's, he was there from being a kid. Um, uh, and not wanting to sort of anger the fans that, that once supported him, that helped him develop his career. I think it's a nice touch. Uh, I really do. I, I think it's a, a genuine thing. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. It's, 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 a bit, it's a bit of a strange one. I know everybody has a differing opinion on this. I just find it respectful to the fans. Um, you know, would I, would I do it myself? I guess if I, you know, if I was a Sunderland player leaving and coming back, it depends on the circumstances in which you left as well. Let's yeah. face it. Yeah, yeah. Because we all remember Darren Bent um, celebrating like he just won the World Cup when he played for Burton Albion and, and consequently, you know, relegated us. Um, but then again, he's just a scumbag who left for more money. So, <laughs> so there you go. Uh, it, it depends on the moral compass of the player. I think it's just respectful to the fans, lads. That's that's my that's my view on it. Yeah, and and you know, there's a lot of argument, isn't there? That, that the the current club, they pay you wages. They they you know they're the ones that um, you should be going out and playing for. Uh, which which you know, no one's denying that that he he he, he doesn't give it everything. Um, you know, he scored a, a rather cracking goal uh, against his his former team. Um, but yeah, I, I I quite like to see that. You know, it's a respect thing. I'm I'm you know I'm big on respect. Um, yeah. Um, and, and, and I do like to see that the players re respecting where they've come from, respecting their roots. If they've only played there for a little bit, you know, um, I think I think it does. I think you're right, Ted. I think it comes down to the the relationship with the fans. Um, you know, if you've got a good yeah. relationship with the fans, if you've if you've left on good terms um, the club, um, you know, and when you come on, those, those um, previous fans will will still clap you when you come on. Uh, yeah. Then, then rightly so. Um, but yeah, you know, we, I think uh, that was a, a good example. There, and I'm sure there's been more over the years where players have gone back to teams and uh, and celebrated like they uh, they had won uh, the the cup in front of the fans mm -hmm. just to to stick it back up to them for the abuse that they've got. Mm. Yeah, um, I mean, I. I personally think that you know you're getting paid by that club. Yeah. Um, I understand the sentimentality, but are the West Ham fans really that bothered when they're five 0 down and Declan Rice strokes <laughs> the sixth in? Those are who bother to stay. All he's going to get is a bit of stick. But yeah, I can understand it. But I, you know, you're getting paid by the club. You should support it. You see, you, you know, you, you know, just go with it. Go with the flow. Um, you, when do you get yeah. a chance to celebrate a goal? It's usually spoiled by VAR. But um, you know, mm -hmm. nowadays, just just celebrate. You know, you're, you're playing for a new club. You need to show your love for them. But you know, it's it it is one of those things. I, I understand it's difficult and. Um, um, yeah, I just thought I would get your opinions on that. Um, other topic I had today was Calvin Phillips. He's criticised Pep Guardiola's handling of him at Manchester City. I mean, obviously we knew things weren't going well. He wasn't getting a game. Um, you know, didn't didn't really play much football over over the last couple of years. But he he claims that he's been called overweight. I mean, should you? I, I, Christ, I, I wish I looked that overweight. Um, uh, but I mean, he's probably he, he, still about six stone under my target. It's not really. It's not really. <laughs> 
it's not really something you'd think of when you look at Calvin Phillips. God, look at you, fatty. Uh, but but he, he, you know, <laughs> he, he really he really has gone to town on Guardiola, hasn't he? I mean, he's yeah. he's severing he's severing all ties, and, and and let's say that he's moved to West Ham hasn't exactly started the way that he'd hope it would start. But what what's your thoughts on this this little outburst from Phillips? Yeah, it's really interesting. Well, is he severing all ties or self severing all pies? <laughs> hey, uh, Daniil has been in touch with us this morning. Morning, Daniil. Uh, he says, "Morning, morning Daniil." Uh, he Go says, on, "Maybe Pep felt that Phillips wasn't up to his standards in terms of conditioning and fitness, and and maybe it is just sour grapes from Phillips." Um, yeah, I mean sour grapes, Mars <laughs> bars. Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, yeah. So uh, I don't know. He's obviously had a tough time there at City, hasn't he? It would be really interesting to find out what's gone on there. You know, it, it, it was clearly a very unhappy time for him. Uh, and to come out and criticise uh, one of the best managers in the world, yeah, it's, he's certainly got a, some neck on him, hasn't he? Uh, to go out and um, give him some stick back. But, you know, maybe... I think he's within his rights. Yeah, yeah, I was just going to say, I maybe, maybe because the way that he's been treated, um, you know, that's yeah. how he's you know, he's felt he needed to react. Yeah, yeah. Listen, I mean, Calvin Phillips is, is, is an undoubted quality midfielder. When he played for Leeds, he was rightly in that England squad and somebody who I... I personally thought we could, you know, maybe even build a team around for, for a few years to come. He's he's the typical, you, you know, I love these kind of players, a defensive midfielder who can win the ball and just pass it five or ten yards. They are they, they were crucial back in the 70s and 80s as a footballer, you know, the likes of Jan Molby. They are still relevant now and they'll be the future of football for many years to come as well. They're the heart of a team. Yeah. And for a lad like that to, to be kind of, just ostracised from the first team, just not getting a sniff of football. Are you going to train as hard? Are you going to, you know, condition yourself to have that mental strength to do that without getting a sniff of first team football? Must be incredibly difficult to do. And yeah, maybe maybe, maybe there is a couple of extra pounds. I mean, God, none of us can talk, lads. You know what I mean? <laughs> Our very own fat club itself is kind of, you know, a testament to how how much of a struggle that can be. But yeah, listen. I think he's entitled to have a little bit of a go. His, his career has basically been put on hold since he's been at Man City. Whether he's been poorly advised in the move there, um, you know, not being given all of the details about what his expected role at the club would be, which which is you know pretty much kit man or ball boy for the last twelve to eighteen months. Um, yeah, he, he's he's bound to be a little bit bitter about his lack of opportunities, and I think you know. All right, ultimately they still employ him, but yeah, I'd be a bit miffed as well, to be honest. And I'd probably be having a bit of a pop. Yeah, I would agree. I think he's just, um, you know, he's, he's just, again, it depends where this interview's come from, but he's he's clearly not happy. He's, he, you know, and, and, and why would you be when you're not playing football? But, you know, Gareth Southgate clearly sees something in him and, and, and has continued to, to involve him in the national team. But, uh, yeah, the call him overweight, uh, maybe a trip to Specsavers. Um, it's a wonder that uh, Specsavers haven't been onto that uh, over the course of the last <laughs> few, uh, few days on social media. 
Um, Man United have insisted that they're going to work with Norman Whiteside to find him a new seat at Old Trafford. Now, I found this story fascinating. Yeah. He's, uh, he's, he's former, the, the former player's wife has branded the decision to move him an absolute mm. disgrace. Um, I mean, they, I mean, maybe they were moving him away from some fallen masonry. Um, you know, they might have been doing him a favour because, as we know, Old Trafford has fallen down, as the song goes. Um, but, yeah, I mean, should ex-players get priority in, in a ground? You know, I mean, Whiteside was, was a hell of a player, um, late 80s, early 90s. Um, you know, man, you know, he's, there's no doubt about it, he's a Manchester United legend. But, I mean, should he really be getting priority in, in, you know, in this situation? I think we're seeing the, the tide change at Manchester United. Um, and, and I think this is, you know, the start of the, the Radcliffe crew really starting to, uh, you know, get a foot in the door and, and change things. I don't think that they should have special preference. Um, Whiteside was was a wonderful player. And I, I think we were, we were robbed of a, an even better career, to be honest, due to injury. Uh, arguably one of the best left foots that we've seen in, in top flight football. Um, great, great player, but you know, ultimately, he's he's not like he's not up there with a with a Cantona or a Schmeichel or somebody like that. You know, people who won an absolute shed load of trophies with them, and even then, do they really deserve you know a, a free seat, a, a, almost like a throne to sit on, like some Roman emperor? I don't agree with it. I, I, I really don't. Yes, absolutely welcome them back to the club anytime that they're there and, and get them a ticket somewhere, you know, to, to go watch the lads when they when they go and return. If, you know, the likes of Niall Quinn, Kevin Phillips, people like that, uh, some of the 73 winning lots, you know, Mickey Horswell's a, a regular attender at the stadium of light. But, you know, I don't think there's any of them would be deverish enough to kind of demand special treatment or anything like that. The, a little bit of humility wouldn't go amiss there from from Mrs. Whiteside as well. It, but to give you the, the background fans... here, give you the background here. Basically, go on, go on. Man- Manchester Manchester United are moving a whole block of loyal supporters. Um, his wife says that they've ex- a lot of supporters have expressed their fury to her. So basically, it doesn't matter whether you've been a loyal supporter. Um, or a legend of the club, Man United can just dump you from your seat when they feel like it so they can expand executive seating. It's an absolute disgrace. She then went on to say, I'd like to make it clear that this post is not just about Norman. There are a whole block of loyal supporters who express their views to me at the West Ham game, but they feel as if they've got no voice or platform to voice their anger. Um, Manchester United have responded to say they've got the greatest respect for him but they've insisted the reasons for the relocation are valid despite the anger of season ticket holders so it's a relocation problem which you know we've had at Newcastle I'm sure Sunderland have had it in, in the past as well um, you know yeah, it's, it's, Newcastle well, there you go. So, so there we go. I mean, it's yeah, it, it's it's you know, she's not happy though. And, and he, I mean, he's the youngest person to score for Manchester United. Of course, got the winner against uh, in the in the FA Cup final. You know, he's he is a legend. legend. Um, and I think you know Manchester United could have done without this bad PR just when they're starting to get things right on the pitch. Just one of the things that you you mentioned there about um, her, her reaction was. Um, that she was so disgusted by this. Um, it, it's brilliant, this word, disgusted. Uh, we talked about this on my show yesterday. Uh, I just wondered if, if you, you'd heard this, guys. Um, Conservative Lord Bethel of Romford, right, went on to social media over the weekend uh, to call something disgusting. He said, this is disgusting. What are these companies thinking of? 
the executive team and board and the shareholders should be ashamed of themselves, uh, he said. Uh, and then he went on to do another tweet and he said they should be ashamed. What do you think it is that, that has upset Lord Bethel of Romford so much that he took to Twitter uh, to X to say that something was dis- so disgusting and uh, what were these companies thinking of? What do you think it could be that he was so upset about, gents? I've got uh, a theory. Go- I've go got on. a theory. I think um, his his good friend, the Right Honourable uh, Lord Dave of Roberts, um, has told him that foie gras is no longer available in Waitrose. <laughs> now that that would be disgusting. Um, <laughs> yeah. uh, no, no, it wasn't that. Uh, Steve, any ideas? Yeah, it it sounds like there's it sounds like something daft, doesn't it? It sounds like he's been on a, a train or something, and and you know they've taken something off the menu on the on the first class yes. on the first class breakfast or something like that. It's no they've, they've, they've replaced bacon with hash browns or something. Well, you know, with everything that's going on in the world right now, for Conservative Lord Bethel of Romford to be posting these scathing tweets, you would think something so disgusting, something uh, ashamed of themselves. Um, it would be that bad. Well, what, what he was actually describing is Domino's Pizza and Cadbury have got together to make a Domino's cookie that has a whole cream egg in the middle of it. Ooh. <laughs> yes. Right. Now, they, were do- they were eating this on uh, Good Morning Britain this morning. Yeah. Um, and it's all because... Oh, no, no, Lord, no, so no, no, no. Domino's Pizza and Cadbury are wringing their hands, thanking Lord Bethel for all this publicity, because it's, it has. It's been all over the media. It was on the telly this morning. Um, and it's all because of, yeah, this uh, cookie that has a cream egg in the middle. I, I mean, I... I I don't find that disgusting. I I, I, you know, I don't know what you just. I don't think. like cream eggs. I think they're vile. Oh, oh so you're with Lord uh, Bethel? Oh, yeah, are you? I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm moving up with the gentry. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> uh, I can't, I can't stand cream eggs. I don't know what it is about them. I just think they're just sickly nonsense. I, 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 I don't get it. I don't get it. The big, at all. the big debate on Good Morning Britain was whether you could eat a, a, a Cadbury's cream egg inside the cookie in one go. Because obviously you can eat a Cadbury's cream egg in one go. Yeah, of course. Um, but can you do it with the cookie? And um, I, I think they failed miserably this morning trying to do that. If you put a caramel um, egg in it, I would smash it, mate. I'm telling you now, I'd smash it if it was a caramel egg in the middle. Uh, I mean, it's, it's I'm, an interesting I'm happy concept. to test this theory. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, Live on air tomorrow. What about a batter, uh, like a Mars bar in batter? Yeah, Anyone yes. ever had one? Absolutely. Yeah, I tried one in uh, Glasgow a few years ago, yeah. Um, the, gr- the greatest Scottish treat I ever had in batter, right, was something called a stoner. Okay. And it, this came with a health warning in the takeaway as well, right? A stoner is a jumbo sausage that right. is then wrapped in doner kebab meat and then deep fried in batter. Wow. <laughs> wow. It sounds it awful, but I bet you it tastes lovely. Lads. Lord Bethel, I have oh, something to I mean, say about that. Especially after about six pints, like, of course yeah. it is. <laughs> well, it was Some that garlic big, sauce. It was that big craze, wasn't there? And uh, when I, I'm, I'm guessing I'm saying it might not have reached uh, where you were, Ted. Uh, but certainly there was a, a, a couple of um, takeaway shops down here were doing it, um, where they were doing uh, a chip butty um, and then putting that in batter and frying that up mm-hmm. so it was a battered chip butty um that sounds tremendous yeah it? uh yeah i mean it, yeah I, I didn't partake in it um but i have tried a, a, the, a, a battered the, mars bar and that, that was i enjoyed that 
They do buttered pizza as well, don't they? Buttered pizza slices. Yeah. Yeah. It's in Scotland, which which I just I I can't get my head around that, but I bet it's I bet it's fantastic once you've had a couple of jars, like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I'm starving now. I know. I'm sorry. I, I brought that up, and I do apologise. Uh, but it was just a whole I'll, I'll, disgusting I'll thing. Tomorrow. <laughs> I like it. I'll see I like what I can it. do. Um, anybody, anybody, anybody got any idea what this meeting was about between the Premier League and the Championship clubs? Uh, the Burnley chairman Alan Pace called together because it just seems to be shrouded in secrecy. Do you think? Do you think that? Do you think the Championship have uh, asked for a bit of advice on uh, VAR? Um, you know, and, and how they can how they can stand up against it. Um, I, I mean, it, it it it's a strange one, this lads, because there is no information as to being about what it's about. It's it's a really really odd mm. one, um, and I, I I thought either you know what, what you said about the VAR thing was 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 one of my first thoughts as well. So there could be something in that, or maybe something more on the lines of FFP, or even even you know if there, there has been talk about the Super League, you know where we could potentially lose maybe four or five of, of the top clubs from the Premier League, maybe maybe some sort of breakaway. I, I, I don't know. It's it's a really really odd one. I mean, I think you could be on something with FFP. I think you could be. I think you could be on something with FFP. I, I think that's. I yeah. think that's good. I, I think that I do. The only other information I found out was that Luton, Brentford, Manchester City, Chelsea, and Newcastle were represented at the meeting. That's, that's only that's a strange mix. That's a queer dinner party. That mind, isn't it? It's, I mean, that's that's just strange. Man City in there as well. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, it, 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 I think you could be somewhere with FFP. Is it? Is it something? I don't know. Is it? Is it officials? You know, I, I, it's just it, it's just a strange one. It, it, it's a really, really strange news story. This and, and and nothing has come out about it. Um, all we know is it was at a five star restaurant, Noble Hotel in Portman Square in Marleybone on Wednesday. Um, a dozen sides were there. The names of the teams that I that I've mentioned were definitely there. Yeah. Um, but it's yeah, it's a strange. It, it, no officials from the Premier League or the EFL were invited, but they were they were aware of the meeting. They gave it their blessing. Um, a subsequent Premier League statement made passing reference to the summit, but failed to mention that it only involved those from the top flight and Championship, and not leagues one and two. Frustrations over a lack of agreement have been in, have been growing. Um, the Premier League are still to make an offer to the EFL ahead of the arrival of the independent regulator for football. So it could be something to do with money being passed down, I guess, down the pyramid. Yeah, yeah, I, I think that's there's probably a strong case of that. But I mean, to be fair, the likes of Burnley, are they really going to struggle? I mean, yeah, they're going to get relegated this season. There's, there's probably no doubt about that. And the parachute payments are pretty hefty. So passing the money down that way. I don't know. It's, it's it's a really strange one. I mean, the, the fact that they're, they're not really releasing any details about it suggests that it probably is something bigger than what we think. Um, yeah, I, I mean, thought, yeah. For me, I I just thought is is breakaway league. You know, is there some something yeah, in that? That's what uh, I'm thinking. Um, With Luton Town, really? <laughs> well, we didn't, I, mean, we I didn't know, say which I know direction that, it was going to break away. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know we've got a 4-4 draw against them, like, but they're hardly the next Real Madrid. 
Um, uh, Daniil's been back in touch. He says uh, the secret meeting between the Premier League and Championship clubs uh, has to be in respect of financial matters, surely. Maybe TV rights, monies, FFP, etc. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's a funny one, isn't it? It's, uh, especially with, champ- uh, with the uh, Premier League not sort of saying too much about it, talking about it, but not talking about it, if you like, and, and all, not many details coming out. It, it has led to this speculation. You, you know, is it about the money that's coming down? Are championship clubs um, upset about the money that is coming down? I, mm, I, I mean, I, I would say it's more the clubs beneath that, and the, the likes of League One, League Two, that, yeah. that are struggling, you know, because, I mean, Championship clubs don't do badly out of TV money. Sunderland, especially, you know, that we've never been off Sky this season. It's been great, but I would say the teams lower down are the ones who probably kick off more because of that, that just that sheer gulf that exists. Um, and it, it's just really, really strange. I, I kind of get my head around why why Burnley and Luton are kind of rubbing shoulders with with Man City. It just it seems a bit strange whether it's whether it's to talk some sort of new transfer policy, whether it's loaning players from some of the bigger clubs and maybe doing away with the transfer window as far as loan players is concerned maybe which is something mm-hmm. that, that, that has been mooted before mm-hmm. yeah time will tell i mean if it's uh, if it's if it's anything serious i'm sure the press won't be far from uh, getting to the the real reasons behind it but yeah very intriguing strange mix of people though mm. Mm. yeah very strange indeed and uh we made it, Daz. Gosh, at seven o'clock this morning, <laughs> did we think we would make it to this, uh, we really to this did punt? Not. We really did not, but uh, thank you, I gentlemen. I can only apologise. No, 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 no. <laughs> it was uh, thank you both very much. Uh, this has been the Northeast Footy Brekkie this morning. If you missed it, oh, you missed an absolute treat. Um, you can listen again. <laughs> <laughs> you can listen again between four and six across the network today on the Cat, the Tune, and the Red. And if you like your Northeast Footy Brekkie in a condensed podcast, uh, then get yourself along to Spotify, uh, Podbean, all other good podcast providers. Search for the Cat, the Tune, and the Red, and there you can listen in your own delights. And, and lads, can we just have just have a period of silence? I've always wanted to do this. News. <laughs> <laughs> It's an Alan Partridge reference, uh, listeners. It's a niche reference that we find hilarious. (laughs) (laughs) Brilliant stuff. Always a pleasure, gents. Uh, Coming up next next is uh, our mid-morning nonsense show. Oh, and by the way, chaps, you can join in on this one. Uh, We've got a chat agree this morning. Uh, It's uh, songs to sing while you're doing your housework. Um, So don't cry for me, I'm a cleaner. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, one spray more from Lemmy's and uh, any cream will do from Joseph and my personal favourite is anything by Sister Pledge um, oh so- here's, one, here's one for you the, one, the winner the winner cleans the bowl <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Have a lovely, lovely uh, Tuesday. Are we only Tuesday? Have a good Tuesday, uh, guys. Yes, feels like Friday. See and, you later. Uh, I'll see you tomorrow, lads. Yeah, see we'll you see you tomorrow. tomorrow. Take it easy. From Yarm to Yibby, Harrington to Horsley Hill, Swarwell to Silverlink, the Northeast Footy Breakfast with Roy, Steve, and Ted. Right across the Northeast. The red, the tune, and the cat.